excited and we're in our second Sunday of our new series your life you choose um, when when I when I start preparing for something that God <clears throat> wants done and what God wants accomplished um, It takes a while to get to the place where, um, where I know that what God wants delivered is, is coming from Him, not just something that I know. I, I, I have a lot of revelation, a lot of knowledge in God's Word, and so I, I could probably stand up here for two or three hours and just talk on any subject because I've spent time developing that in my own life developing in my life um, an understanding of God and a passion for God so I could talk about about a lot of things in God's word but that's not necessarily what God wants delivered and so um, probably for the last year and a half God's been speaking to me along the lines of what I'm sharing with you today and um, and I just I can't say how important this is. It's, it's not something that, if you've been around here lo- for very long, it's not something that's necessarily new, but it's fresh. But it's something, the, the revelation of this teaching needs to be fresh in your life all the time. It needs to be constant with you concerning the words of your mouth, the things that you say, and believing how important that the seed of God's Word is to and in your life. You have to have the seed of the Word. If the seed of the Word is not alive in you every day and challenging you, then what what happens is you and I begin to be pulled away by thoughts and ideas that are not of God. And God doesn't want you drifting based on thoughts and ideas that the world has and that people of the world have that is not in line with what He has for you. And the only way for you to be constantly aware of that is for there to be a daily routine of you hearing and listening to the words. Um, I I gave you a statement last week couple of different statements and I want want you to think about these again they should be up on the screen in a moment but um, you can you can change the direction of your life by what you say we're going to read scripture to back that up but you can change literally the direction of your life by what you say or everything, if that's not true, if you, if you can't, then everything that we're going to read in Scripture here in a moment is a lie. And we know that's not the way it is. God can't lie. God has never lied. He can't. It's impossible for God to lie. If that's true, then the things I'm sharing with you today and for the next few Sundays, I'm sharing with you because it's vital that you understand that the course of your life is a result of thoughts and ideas that you have that have been accumulated through the years 
And those thoughts and ideas have come to you based on words. Either your words or other people's words. Most of them, most of the thoughts and ideas that most people have are because of the words and ideas, the thought, or, or the words and ideas that have come from other people. And God, God is saying to us today, if we're going to change the direction of things that we don't like about our life, that you know is not pleasing to God, the way that's going to start changing is by the words of your mouth. Amen. Only. That's right. Amen? And so, today as we, as we look in Scripture, um, I want you to just pay attention to a number of things because if you've, if you've been around here and taken the challenges that we've given over the last few years, the last couple of years especially, of praying the prayers in Ephesians 1 and 3, if you've taken those challenges and, and you're familiar with those passages of Scripture, in Ephesians 3 and verse 20, which is actually part of the last part of that prayer in Ephesians 3, um, but it says in verse 20, uh, now to him who is able wait a minute I'm not quoting it right him, him who is able that's it there's another passage in 2 Corinthians 8 that I, I start quoting both of those and then I, I, I mess them up him to, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. I, I, I just believe anybody that gets a hold of what I'm teaching you in this series, anybody that gets a hold of this, will begin to see and have Ephesians 3.20 experiences in their life. To him who is able, how many in here believe that God is able? Okay, well, if you know anything about God's Word, you know that He's able because He's already done everything. And in a situation that you're facing, that's real to you, God is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that you can ask or think about what it is that you're wanting answers to or to be free of or that you're wanting to see happen in your life. God is able to do that because He's already done it. But whether you see that happen or not is totally determined by how what God has done is working in you. According to the power that works in us. If the Word is not working, if it's something that's just in your head, and it's not working in you. you know, when, when Jessica shared that testimony about like early on, you know, you're, you're struggling, you know, you don't know how to, you're going to pay the next payment, and then you're taught something about the tithe, and all of a sudden you hear that, and it says, you know, honor me in the tithe, and I'll take care of you, and you do that, and all of a sudden your, your needs are met as a result of, all of a sudden it just happens quickly. Why? Because something's working. There's a hunger for that to work in that moment. Over time, you know, you get familiar with Scripture and you get familiar with things and you don't, you don't continue in your routines and you don't stay with it, with God, then over time, 
you began to be talked out of that really working and being true. So in other words, you might honor God in the tithe, but there's no faith behind it. It's not producing results because you're not doing it with this expectation like you did the first time you did it and you saw something happen. And the only way, listen, it's not, it's not praying more, getting in the Word more, doing all this more. It's, it's maintaining a daily routine of the entrance of His Word and thanking Him every day for what He's done. That's the key to our success. It's a daily routine of that Word. You being more consistent than you've ever been just in your daily routine. Not allowing anything to rob you from the entrance of His Word. Because I promise you, the entrance of all other kinds of things are out there. I didn't get a lot of word yesterday as I was watching Texas and LSU. There wasn't a lot of entrance of the word, but there's a lot of entrance of a lot of other things. Hmm? And man, you know, I got excited. Come on! Yeah, 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 you know, emotion and facial expressions and veins popping. And mad at the other team. I got family that lives in LSU and I'm texting them, you know, some smack yesterday. And then they smack me back. <clears throat> and they had the last word. <laughs> and I just had to say, yeah, the quarterback played really good. <laughs> but there wasn't a lot of word. But is, is there anything wrong with Watching football? No. But football won't give you the answers you need in life. And when the game is over, and it's only about two and a half hours long, when the game is over, if you don't have anything on the inside of you, then there's a letdown, especially if your team lost. And you can emotionally be affected by things like that if you have no word. If you have the word, you can watch something like that and... Now we're moving on. Huh? And, and, and I'll just tell you this. It may not be football for you. It may be all kinds of other things in the natural. You have to, by faith, get past your team losing. Or you got to stay away from that stuff. Just enjoy it. Okay, you get in the motion, you're whatever, you're competitive, you like it. Okay, but that's not life. Hmm? It's not life to watch the Cowboys and, you know, the short little running back makes $100 million a year. And everybody that paid all their money and did all their stuff and, and they went and watched the, foot, the, the, the Cowboys play. And then they, they leave and it's over with and he's still got his $100 million and some people couldn't even afford to get there. And hawk their wife and kids to get tickets. That's not real life. But enjoy it. If you're good with that and you like that, enjoy it. Enjoy it. It's good for the soul. It's good to enjoy things like that. But it has no life to liberate you because when the game's over and the season's over and your team didn't win or maybe your team won and they're in the parade and they got all the bonuses and everything else, you got nothing. Huh? You got nothing. But, you know, 
Texas is won the Super Bowl. A Texas team won the Super Bowl. Yeah, you can get on social media and tell everybody and talk about how great Texas is. But it doesn't do anything for you. Nobody's coming to pay you for rooting. But living for God and having a routine in God pays the dividends. And people that understand what we're talking about here will have Ephesians 3.20 experiences where things happen above and beyond, not just like you think it would happen, but above and beyond as your faith and your confidence. As we have faith and we don't doubt, that's where we get the results. And that faith without doubting comes from a routine of the Word. I'm not laboring. I'm not doing the Word to try to get something to happen. I'm allowing the Word to come out of my mouth, into my ears, get into my head, down into my heart, so that I believe that what I say produces something because what I'm saying is what God would say in those situations. Again, it's not a labor. It's a privilege. I'm not laboring in, in and for the Word. It's a privilege to have revelation of what it means to do the Word and have a daily routine of God's Word. It's vital for your life. So, last week we read out of... Um, we read out of James chapter 3. I just want to start there again, read a few of these verses said, my, my brethren, verse 1, let not many of you become teachers knowing that you will receive a stricter judgment. It's interesting that he said that right there and then went on to say something totally different in one sense, but not really. But we'll talk about that in another week. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word or what he says, he is a perfect man able also to bridle the whole body. Have you ever been driving, say you're, you left one place and you're going home and you're driving and, I don't know, somebody in, in another car just does something that ticks you off and you find yourself getting upset or something while you're driving and then all of a sudden, you know, something else happens and Somebody, else, you know, <clears throat> one day I was, I, I mean, I've, I've had to get victory over my attitude behind the wheel. I've just had to get victory over it. And one day I was, I, I was driving through town years ago, and I was driving through town, and somebody had come up behind me right on my tail. I mean, almost like, I felt like their bumper was on, on top of me. And, and, and I kind of sped up a little bit. He was just right on my tail. And, and I'm watching him in my rearview mirror, and I don't know, it just irritated. I mean, irritated me. He just it wouldn't get off my tail. Finally, finally, he blows around me, you know. So, you know, instead of just ignoring him, I get right on his tail. And so, he's in this, in this lane. He's, there are two lanes four lanes is actually on Harper Road and there were four lanes there and so he's going like this and I'm right on his tail and all of a sudden he's in a, in a bigger truck, a bigger vehicle than I am, I couldn't actually see in front of him, and all of a sudden he whips over in this way, 
Well, he, there, was, there were cars stopped from the stoplight. And, and I, I almost ran into the, the back of that guy. I had to swerve over into the other lane. If there had been somebody coming, I would have hit them. And that was one of the days when God said to me, you're either going to get a hold of this or it's going to affect other areas of your life. And, you know, you ever been driving like that and been upset about someone else and you notice you're talking to that person you don't even know? What are you doing, you jerk? Get off my tail. I mean, all of a sudden, these words are coming out of your mouth. You say, well, Pastor, do you talk like that? I did, yeah, I did. If you never have, okay, but I did. I mean, and I didn't just once, I did it a lot. And God told me, he said, it's going to affect other things in your life. Well, what it would do was, when I let that thing affect me, we're talking about somebody that's on my tail, instead of me just slowing down, let them go around you, let them be mad, let them throw you the finger, do whatever they're going to do, let them do their thing, and just let them go on. Instead of that, i got to get in, in the middle of it. And so I get in the middle of it, and I'm saying these things out of my mouth. Well, what happens is it opens the door to other spiritual things. It opens the door to other things happening. And I can document times when I've allowed something like that to happen, how other things, maybe when I go home, something gets stirred up at home. Something gets stirred up with other people or situations, you know, because when you wear different hats and you have an anointing for other people like I do as a pastor, as a husband, as a father, as a son, as, you know, different, different roles and, 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 and areas that I play in life, your, your life can affect other people because of your actions, the things that you say and do. And God began to show me, and he showed me this passage right here. He said, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word or what he says, he's a perfect man, and he's able to control his body, his mind, when he's behind the wheel. He's able to control every single thing that he does, no matter what's going on or where he is. It doesn't matter what it is. If you control what you say, you control everything else about your life. To him who is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that I, want to, that I can ask or think, according to the power that's working in me. What's that? It's what I'm saying. The power that's working in me is the Word of God. And if I'm declaring the Word of God and the Word of God is real and big in me, and I don't allow things like those situations in, in the car, that, uh, that story of years ago with, with, with that, that guy in the, in the car. I mean, it was the mercy and the grace of God that I didn't ram the back of that car. And whose fault would it have been? I mean, legally, it would have been my fault. Right? Anybody that hits from the back and the rear is my fault. But spiritually, it was really my fault. I don't want to have to clean messes like that up. I don't, number one, I don't want to have to take my car to the body shop. Well, what happened? Oh, I got in the flesh. I said all the wrong things. See, because you can't lie about things like that. You know, when you have to write down on, on the report, so what happened? Eh, I got in the flesh, said the wrong things, didn't obey God, 
and I hit the back of this guy's truck. Those kind of things will happen. It was the mercy and the grace of God that I didn't wreck that day. It's the mercy and grace of God that has kept all of us out of situations that we deserved. We deserve a whole lot of things, but because of the blood of Jesus, He's liberated us and made us free. And now, God wants us not just to talk about being free, He wants us to be free. He wants us to really be free. And to be free, to control the direction of our life and the, and the, and the way that we're moving in life, we have to control what comes out of our mouth. He said here, Indeed, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us. And we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they're large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Wherever the pilot desires to move it. You're the pilot of your life and you move it by what you say. When you declare things out of your mouth that have to do with God, you're directing your life in a direction. Many times, you don't even know where it's going, but it'll end up where God wants it if you'll allow that word to become real to you. You and I, you, you, you and I have to develop a routine every day. E every day, I, I'm just going to say, this is one of the things that I say every day, okay? This right here. And I do it while I'm doing other things. Sometimes when I'm working out, I'll, I'll, I'll say this out of my mouth. But, this, but I say this out of my mouth every day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. For God's mercy and His grace are new to me every morning. I rejoice because I'm God's child. I've been filled with His Spirit. For greater is He that is in me than he that's in the world. Holy Spirit is bigger than any problem or obstacle or challenge. Holy Spirit gives me wisdom and discernment regarding every decision that I need to make today. I choose to be a blessing to all those around me. And no matter what happens today, I know that God will see me through. For I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And if God is for me, nobody can be against me. I choose to honor God today by the words I speak, by the way I act, and by allowing His love, light, and truth to shine through me. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed coming in, going out, ready for anything and equal to anything through Christ Jesus. For He always causes me to triumph. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Today is a great day and something really good is happening today in the name of Jesus. I never miss a day without saying that little frame of scriptures at least once a day, ever. Ever. And every time I say it, like right now, I'm worked up when I say it. I'm telling you, it works me up. Because many times I'll say those kind of things, I'll stop, I'll go, I'll, 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 I'll back up, I'll stop halfway through, and I'll meditate on one of the things, and I'll say it over and over again. The words I speak today, I choose to speak and be a blessing to other people part of what I say. Choose to be a blessing to other people. Not speak against people. Not have an attitude toward people. You know, I'm using the thing about driving. But man, the victory that I have gained in my life 
by being able to not be moved by any driver, it's amazing. And what it does is it makes me aware of drivers that are stressed. And you know what it does? Somebody may pass me, and I'll say, Father, I just thank you for giving them peace and wisdom and understanding, Lord. I thank you for working out situations in their life. I mean, will something like that work? Can you pray those kind of things over people you don't even know? I say yes. I say absolutely you can do that. Each and every time you can do that. But you'll never do that when your mind is controlling everything that is going on in your life and your thoughts are not pleasing to God. They're not lining up with what God thinks. But you'll never get there. You'll never change your thoughts without changing your words. I'll say it again. You'll never change the way you think until you change what you say. I'll say it again. You'll never change the way you think until you change what you say. I had this little, this little cloud, you know, like those cartoons, you know, with the little guy and he's thinking this thought and usually he's mad. And I had this last week, I was going to put another one up here today, but I felt, I thought, you know, we, we need to continue to meditate on this. I will never. Thoughts that tell you I will never amount to anything. I'll never finish this thing. I'll never get this job or that job or I'll never have enough in life to, to overcome. God said He would do above and beyond anything you can even ask or think of according to what's working in you. If these thoughts stay, so stays all the problems. For the problems to be removed, you have to change these thoughts. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My God meets all my need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My God is the peace that I need. Peace is the proof of my victory. The peace that I operate in today is not my peace, it's the peace of Jesus. He gave it to me. No conditions. Thank you for the peace, Lord. Thank you for all that you've done for me. Those kind of things have to happen to change these kinds of thoughts. Can you say amen to that? It'll never change. You'll never change the direction of your life. You'll never change things that are in your life today until you change what you say. Here's a great passage that we read last week, and I'm reading it again. Psalm 34 and verse 12. Psalm 34 and 12. Who's the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good. That's me. He just, he just mentioned me. How about you? Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Really simple. You want, you want, to, you, you, you want to see life in manifestation, real life. You want to love and experience good in many days. Long life. Living long and strong in your life. Here's the key. Simple. One sentence. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. That's how it happens. Change what you say. Cause you to change what you think. Cause you to change what you have. It's the key to life as a whole. And many people underestimate the power of their words. 
most people underestimate. It's not that big of a thing. Well, you know, I said that, but that's not what I really meant. Well, when it comes to you believing something and believing that something is true to you, when you don't get what you had anticipated receiving because you really didn't believe, it's because you didn't put stock in what you said. Because your whole belief system is connected to what you say. Another verse that we read last week was Proverbs 18, 20, and 21. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his lips. From the produce of his lips he, sh he shall be filled. Death and life, verse 20, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The Message Bible says it like this. Words satisfy the mind as much as fruit does the stomach. Good talk is as gratifying as a good harvest. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Your life, you choose. You choose to be aware of what you say on a day-to-day -day basis and make the corrections with that. Again, it's not a labor. You're, 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 you're changing what you normally say with what God has said. And that's not normal to most people. That's why I, I did that confession of something that I said. Everything that I just said in that confession I made a moment ago that I do every day, that's just one of the ones that I do, but I, that's, one of, that's one that I do. Every one of those confessions in that long confession are from Scripture. They're all Scriptures put together, and, and doing that is what creates a routine that empowers you to direct your life the way God wants your life directed. And I'm telling you, where you want your life to go is where God wants it to go. Sometimes people don't think so, well, you know, I don't, I don't want to do that because God's going to expect me to do this or he's going to send me to China or some kind of deal like that. I don't, I don't want to do that. No, no, God's going to put from his word, what God will do is he'll put his desires inside of you and then he brings them to pass. Man, that's the way to live right there. Woo! Huh? God puts a desire for you to do whatever God wants you to do. Not what other people are. People try to pressure you, put something on you to do. No, you do what God begins to put a desire in you, and then he brings it to pass. That's why a lot of things we want to see happen don't come to pass God's way, because that wasn't God's plan. We didn't spend enough time in his word to know what his plan was. And you know, People just been talked out of believing that they can know what God says and what God's plan is for their life. People have been talked out of it. Yeah, but you say you hear God and all that kind of thing. No, I, I, you know, I'm very cautious about saying that God said. I'm very cautious about that. I don't, I don't, that's not, I don't, I'm not flippant with that. Because a lot of times I get thoughts and ideas. That doesn't mean that it just that it was that God said to do something, but I, have, I get thoughts and ideas because I spend time studying and meditating. Not that it's not indirectly from God, but it's not necessarily that God said, go do this. It takes time. It takes time to develop the ability to hear Him and to know Him, and that comes through how you change what you say. <clears throat> Last week, and... 
I'm just going to spend the, the rest of our time on this, but last week we talked about um, we talked about two stories, one in Genesis 1 and then one in Exodus 3. And the first story was when God created the worlds in Genesis chapter 1. And God said, he, he said a, a lot of bees, but he said light be and light was. And he said firmament be and firmament was. And he said for the waters to be when he was separating waters and land and waters were. And every time that God said be, what he was saying was this word in the Hebrew which is H-A-Y-A-H. And that word means to be. So every time God said light be and light was, it's because God said what he meant. And he said what he believed. He didn't say, light, I hope you come. He said, light be and light was. When um, the other story was in Exodus 3, and at 80 years old, Moses was still on the backside of the property of his father-in-law, and uh, he was working for his father-in-law. He had met and married his wife out there, and he was 80 years old. And God came to him and spoke to him in a bush that was burning but was not consuming. It was burning, but it wasn't consuming. And... Um, he was trying to figure that out, and then out of that bush, God said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. And God told Moses who he was and what he wanted. And Moses had a really difficult time with what God was asking him to do. He said, my, my people are in bondage in Egypt. And I want you to go to Pharaoh and command Pharaoh to let them go. And we talked a little bit more about it, and I'm just going to say this about the story. Moses said this. He said, who am I? In other words, to lead the children of Israel out. Who am I that you come to me? And in so many words... In a few verses of Scripture down, God said, I am. When Moses said, who do I tell Pharaoh and the children of Israel? When I say to the children of Israel, you know, that I'm come to do this, who do I say sent me? And he said, I am that I am. And he said, tell him I am sent you. And I want, you to get, I want you to get this picture today. I, 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 was, I had some other things I was going to share today and move on, but I couldn't go past last week without driving this point home. The word am, I am, together there, is the word H-A-Y-A-H. It's the exact word that B is in Genesis 1. God said, light be, and light was. You tell them, Moses said, who am I? He said, I am. And you tell them, 
I am sent you. When you go back and you read, and I would encourage you to go read all of Exodus 3, when you go back and you read the story, in essence, and when you try to when you break it down into where we're at today, God was saying this. Moses, I've got the plan. I am. I, I am all of it. I'm telling you what to go do. In essence, what he said was, you go tell them that I said this. And if you'll do and say what I say, it'll happen just like I said it'll happen. Five times in the New Testament, in, in the Gospels, Jesus made this statement in so many words. I've only come to do and say exactly what my Father said to do. Jesus said, I came here to tell you what I am said. And every, all, all through Scripture, in, in looking at what I'm trying to say to you right here, God constantly is showing us, like He was saying to the children of Israel, Moses, if you'll do it the way I say, and you'll tell Pharaoh exactly what I said, then in essence what you're doing is you're saying, Pharaoh, this is going to be, this is the way it's going to be, and you let the people go. Pharaoh didn't, and it happened just like God said. Over and over and over we see that. Then they come out of Egypt, and they're ready to head into the promised land, and the scripture says, God led them on a different path that took a little longer, less when they see war, they turn tail and run. In other words, less when they see war, they don't have what it takes on the inside to enter into the promise. I'll just tell you this. Many Christian people come out of things in life. Maybe you're a drug addict. Maybe you had this. Maybe things in your life that you struggled with in the natural Many people come out, but then there's a coming in, and there's a going in, and I'll just tell you this. You've got to have twice or three times or five times, sometimes ten times as much revelation to enter in than you do to come out. Because when you come out of something, and then you head into the things of God, you're going to be attacked from every direction, and that's what God was trying to get over to the children of Israel. God led the children of Israel out to lead them in. He didn't send the spies into the promised land to tell them, to, to judge themselves whether they think they could take the land. God said, go and spy out the land I've already given you. And they did. And two of the spies came back and said exactly what God was looking for. The other ten moaned and groaned and complained. They moaned and groaned and complained themselves in to 40 years in the wilderness, and they all died out there, never entering into the promises because they didn't learn what I am wanted them to say and then say only what I am says is so. And I want to give you two examples in the New Testament of where this happened. Just follow with me in these two passages real quick. <clears throat> 
in Matthew 9 and 27. When Jesus departed, from there two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he, when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, He touched their eyes, saying, and remember, he only did what I am told him to say. Only things he ever said is what I am said say. Now watch what he said. He touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, let it, what does it say? Be. Let it be to you. Let what be? What I am says is so. What God says is so. Let that be right there. What God wants is a routine in your and my life daily. Jesus spent 30, 30 years developing a routine that caused him to know the Father. He didn't know the Father because, because he was the Son of God. He left his, his wealth and riches and his authority from heaven, he left that to become the son of man. He left that to become our elder brother, so he had to learn it all the way we had to learn it, and he spent 30 years developing relationship with I am to the point that he only did what I am said. And that man's, this situation, this miracle happened because he said, according to your faith, be it unto you. And it was so because Jesus said what Father said to say. Well, you know, I don't know, man. That's been a long time you've been in this situation. Man, this is a tough one. And we're going to have to pray this through. I'm going to have to get 15 people to agree with me on this. And I, I don't know about this. And I, I just don't know that we can pray for somebody like that. I don't know if this, this is a big one. No, he didn't say any of that. You notice, Jesus didn't read half the New Testament every time he prayed for somebody. Hmm? This is all he said. What, what's in quotes right there? According to your faith, let it be to you. And this is the other one. Matthew 21, 20. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither? It's the story about the fig tree when Jesus cursed the fig tree. He said, How did the fig tree wither away so soon? So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, if you have faith and do not doubt, he said, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, what does the mountain represent? A, a literal mountain? No, it represents mountains of issues and things in life that are up against us. He said, you will say, he was telling them. He said, you will say to whatever mountain or obstacle or difficulty or thing that you face, you will say to this mountain, be removed. Be cast into the sea. It will be done, and whatever things you ask in prayer believing, you will receive. When you command it to be, it will be when you have faith and not doubt. Listen to me. To have faith and not doubt is not that difficult. I'm going to say it again to you. Listen to me. Don't, don't, don't forget this. 
to have faith and not doubt is not that difficult. I'm going to say it one more time. To have faith and not doubt is not that difficult. What does it take? It takes a routine. When I was growing up, I was a golfer. My dad was a golf pro, so I grew up as a golfer. I practiced all the time. I had a routine. I practiced every day, all the time. And you know what? Golf really wasn't that difficult. I knew people that struggled all the time because they didn't want to practice. They struggled, struggled, struggled. It wasn't that difficult. I had a room full of trophies. I won tons of trophies, all kinds of medals. I was a high school All-American. I, I did all this. Stuff. I, I was good at what I did. It wasn't that difficult because I had a routine. Having faith and no doubt is not that difficult. But you have to have a routine. And you have to develop a routine. And in the next couple of weeks, you know, this is really practical, but in the next couple of weeks, we're, if you're interested in it, we're going to develop in these messages routines. We're going to develop routines in the Word. I'm going to give you some things. I've got some things that, I have, that I've typed out, that I have written out, and I'm going to give them to you. You'll have them on the screen. We'll make copies. We'll give them to you, anybody that wants them. But, you, but we're going to follow along and look at what a routine looks like in the Word of God. Because being a doer of the Word, that's what the Scripture says in James. Not, don't just be a hearer, but a doer of the Word. Being a doer of the Word doesn't really make sense to the natural mind. Do, do what? And that, over the next couple of weeks, that's what we're going to look at is the development the development of a routine that causes you to have faith and not doubt because when a person has faith and not and they don't doubt then okay go back can you throw ephesians can you give me uh, ephesians 3:20 back up there again Now to him who is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think, hey, there's no question and he's able and he has the ability and all those kind of things. But sometimes doesn't it feel like that he's able but he won't do it? Anybody ever felt that way? I mean, yeah, God's able to do it, but I mean, he did it for them, but he's not doing it for me. It's the last part that's the key. According to the power that works in us. And the power, the power is the combination of His Word and His Spirit together. The Word you're hearing today, it'll change your life forever if you do something with it. But more than hearing it preached from me, and, and this is where it starts, it's the Holy Spirit revealing to you what it really means for you in your life. And when you get the combination of those two, and you begin to mix those in your life, there's nothing that you can't have. He'll do exceeding and abundantly above all that you ask or think. You know what that means? Exceeding and abundantly are out there waiting for me right now. The problem is what's not working in me, and it's not a labor. Oh, man, I got, well, okay, what do I got to, no, 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 no. Just do the work. 
If a person never says the wrong thing, never lets all kinds of trash come out of their mouth and let thoughts stay in their mind, they never say the wrong thing. You know what happens? They never think the wrong thing. When you're not saying the wrong thing, you're not thinking the wrong thing. Because your, your thoughts are tied to your words. Your words are, thought to your, are tied to your thoughts. When we get the victory over both of those, we have it all. And it's not someday we're going to be perfect. It means someday I'm really believing that what I say is going to come to pass when I say it because I am told me to say it. Finances, be. Debt, be gone now in Jesus' name. Can, can you say something like that? Yeah, absolutely. But the confession of the word that renews your mind doesn't just change the circumstances in the natural. People are looking for like four confessions and all your circumstances change. Well, I said it for three days. No. The confession of the word changes the way you think. And many times, if you're in financial debt, it's because your thinking's been wrong. If you're struggling in an area of your body or, or whatever, it's because your thinking has been wrong and the word will begin to change that. The word may lead you to somebody that's got information that you need to help you overcome a situation. Whatever it is, it starts with the word and from the word and the confession of the word, things begin to change because then I have faith to declare things the way God wants them to be and I stay on that confession until I see it change. And I will not move. There's a lot about this today, and I'm done with what I'm saying for today. There's a lot about this that can appear to be confusing. In some, in, in some people's eyes, it can appear to be almost too easy. But everything in God is simple. It's not necessarily easy, because having a routine and sticking with it is not easy. But it's simple. I'm telling you, it's simple. It's not a labor. It's not something I have to do. It's something I'm privileged to be able to do. Can you say amen today? God's word, as we read here in Matthew 21. God, let me, let me just read the last part of that. And then I'm done. He said, he said, if you have faith and, and, and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree. So you've got to meditate on that. But also you will say to whatever, be removed, be cast into the sea. Be removed, be cast into the sea. And it will be done. Whatever things that you ask in prayer believing, you will receive those things. Because you believe that what you say is going to come to pass because you've cleaned up what comes out of your mouth. So today, I leave you with that, and my encouragement to you is to be back next week as we work on routines and what they look like. It's important that you understand what routine, a, a, a solid, productive routine looks like, and we're going to help you build that. Can you say amen to that?